This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Saturday, we've got UFC 270. To talk about it, we are joined by one of our good pals. Fighting out of London, Ontario, Canada. It is retired UFC fighter, Sam Stout. How are you, Sammy? I'm great. How are you? Good, man. Good to hear your voice. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, it has been a while. It's nice to hear that intro when you guys you guys play for me. Does it pump you up? <laughs> it pumps me up, man. It's been a long time since I heard old Buffer saying my name. <laughs> would you like it to be your ringtone? Because I can send you the MP3. <laughs> I, I would like that. Thank you. Do that. <laughs> Everyone in the grocery store will love it, Sammy, when that thing goes off. <laughs> Fighting out of London, Ontario, Canada. All right, uh, we'll we'll uh, talk about uh, the fight Saturday coming up in a second here. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Sam. You know Jake Paul, the YouTuber turned boxer, right? Yes, I do. Okay, Jake Paul has promised to retire from boxing if UFC uh, boss Dana White meets his list of demands. I guess those two are in a bit of a public feud against each other. And Yeah, well, I mean, he's saying what we've all been thinking for a long time. I, I, you know, Jake Paul, when he first came around, I was like, can somebody just knock this guy out and, and put an end to it? But he's starting to win me over. <laughs> He says he, I mean, want, he wants the fighter pay to be increased to $50,000 per fight. It's at $12,000 now. A minimum, yeah, a minimum. For the minimum. Yeah, I uh, used them back in my day when I first started. I got paid four grand. Four grand That's for wild, a fight? Man. Yeah, the big. That first war was Spencer Fisher, yeah. But that was, I mean, that, say, that was when the UFC was just getting off the ground. Still, they put a lot of money into it, and they were in a lot of debt. Yeah, um, but now they're making billions, so it's like okay. They made a billion, a billion dollars plus in twenty twenty one. Yeah, exactly. A lot of your money, the, where you were able to make money, you were such a, a, a scrapper that you would win fight of the night quite a bit, right? And and that was a yeah. better payout than what you would actually get for the fight. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, those bon- If I hadn't made those bonuses right now, I mean, I wouldn't have the money to start adrenaline. I wouldn't. You know, um, it's, it's, it can be a tough, it's a tough way to make a living. A lot of people think fighters are rich, but, uh, UFC fighters are not getting what they deserve. And, uh, you know, as much as Jake Paul comes off like a D bag, I, I, I agree with him a hundred percent on this, on this, uh, this issue. Yeah, he wants 50% of revenues to go to the fighters. That's, that's what every other major pro sport pays their athletes. And this one is, is, is un, as unforgiving or, or more fun, unforgiving than pretty much any other sport you can name. So, you know, why shouldn't the fighters be getting, getting the same treatment? It's funny that you said Jake Paul won you over because he was certainly enemy number one, but that seems to be the trend that all the UFC fighters are kind of getting on his side. He's putting on shows. He's paying his fighters. What are the odds are that there would be a shift and perhaps he could start his own league and people could fight there because, you know, there's other leagues competing with the UFC, uh, Bellator, and they haven't been able to do it. So, I mean, UFC has been, uh, you know, is it time for them to turn the table over and change things while they're on top? Is that going to happen? The the problem is it's not going to happen because for, there's two reasons. Number one, UFC owns all the contracts. And they're not let. He's like, well, if you think you can do it better, then then do it. He's not going to let those guys go. 
all those all those contracts would have to either they'd have to do all their fights or they'd have to time out. And then at the at the end of those contracts, there's a one year renegotiating period where so he everyone would have to sit on the shelf for like two years yeah. to let their contracts run out. Then the negotiation renegotiation period. And by that point, the guys are all too old to get into the octagon, right? Like, yeah, you're well. You're losing two good years out of your prime, out of your prime years. So nobody's like. So that's a big issue. The other thing is, it's just the UFC's like they've branded themselves so well. Most people don't know, don't even call the sport MMA still. Like, if Mm. they're calling it UFC fighting still, so they've they've kind of made themselves like the Kleenex of of mixed martial arts, right? Everyone. You know, everyone. They don't call it facial UFC. tissue. <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think that uh, the fighters would would be able to band together and maybe not maybe not unionize, but something along those lines? Like, because in the, the NHL you got the NHLPA, but they're all on the same team, so the they're all thing, already working together. The only thing that will ever that will ever change things is if the fighters band together and go on strike. That's the one and only way it's going to happen because Dana White is. You know, and you know he wants he wants money. He was a businessman. He's a he's a capitalist. He's he wants to he wants you know he wants to hit his bonuses because now the company is owned by other companies or or USC is owned by another company, and he's the president and he's an employee. And if they sell a certain amount of, of of profit, I'm sure he's getting a big kickback on the back end. So you know, it's just a matter of. Greed, really. How do you think Jake Paul would do if he was in the UFC? Oh, he'd get smoked. <laughs> <laughs> but are you impressed with his boxing abilities? I, I, I am pretty impressed with what he's been able to do. Like the guy's a big, strong, athletic guy. So, and you know, he's got the the means to have the best training camps, best training partners, and he's kind of handpicking guys that make that are the right opponents for him. Guys that are a little bit smaller, guys that are come from wrestling backgrounds instead of guys that come from striking backgrounds. Like you don't see him calling out Anderson Silva to fight. And Anderson Silva has been taking pro boxing fights since his, since his retirement in the UFC. So, you know, if he really wanted to, to prove himself, he'd call out Anderson. Let's move on to UFC 270 Saturday night. Tell us about the title fight. Well, there's two title fights. The main one is Francis Ngannou and Cyril Don. I assume that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, it's a, a very interesting fight because you got two monsters. Like, these guys are both... We've seen that we've had some guys in the past that are, like, cutting down to heavyweight. Like, so basically above 265, which is the, the heaviest you can be at heavyweight. Like, the Brock Lesnar's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Alistair Overeem. Well, Alistair Overeem is a most of them don't move like middleweights like these guys do, especially Cyril Gaon. So, like Cyril Gaon, you watch him bouncing around the ring, he looks like a lightweight or a middleweight. Or, or it's, it's wild. So, but I think I'm still leaning towards uh, Ngannou. He's just got that one-punch knockout power. I think that's going to be the difference maker. What's the other title fight this weekend? Uh, there's Golden it's It's the biggest guys and the smallest guys. Um, How long until there's a tag team? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, maybe two two one twenty fivers fighting 
250 pound heavyweight, something like that. In yeah. space. I want some side In space. Chill. Can yes. we do it in that new sports arena they're building in, in outer space? That would be amazing. Zero gravity no. FC. <laughs> yeah. Well, then weight classes don't matter, right? <laughs> you got it. All right, Sammy. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the preview. I know uh, you got a little baby you got to take care of. Thanks for uh, taking yeah. a couple minutes to come on the yeah, air with no us. Problem, no problem. But enjoy yeah, UFC 270. And if you're looking to train, you must be excited that uh, the announcement came yesterday. Uh, Adrenaline, which is your gym training center in London, Ontario. You guys are going to be able to open the doors again soon, huh? Yeah, we, yeah, we get to reopen. The, they're allowing us to reopen. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and if, some, get started. if somebody, get started. hold on, let's give you some publicity, though. If somebody wants okay. to get into training, maybe they've put on a couple pounds over the past two years. They've always had yeah. an interest yeah. in uh, mixed martial arts. Where would they go if they wanted to join well, Adrenaline? Always welcome at Adrenaline Training Center at 716 York Street in London, Ontario. We've got a great facility there. We've got great coaches. Uh, whether you're trying to just get back in shape and lose some pounds or whether you're trying to become the next uh, Francis Ngannou. Or the next Sam Hands of Stone Staff. Fighting out of London, Ontario, Canada. What a throwback. This week, we've already been talking about Tommy Lee and his animatronic talking penis in this new Pam and Tommy show that's coming out mm-hmm. next month. And now we got some Pamela Anderson news. Unfortunately, Pam's latest marriage has not worked out. Pamela what? Anderson is getting divorced again. This will be the fifth divorce for Pam. Hmm. I wonder how much of her net worth is just strictly from divorce settlements. Well, yeah. I would think that she had a lawyer get uh, her latest husband to sign something. Remember, this is this gave your your every man some hope here. Pamela Anderson married her quote bodyguard on Vancouver Island mm-hmm. about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Her bodyguard, and we're saying quote bodyguard because. Um, the guy's name is Dan Hayhurst, and Dan's ex says that she had kids with him, and he dumped her when he became Pamela Anderson's handyman. Later, she read that he was the bodyguard, but he was hired apparently to do some work around her her property on on Vancouver Island. There, <laughs> okay. can you imagine? You, you go home and you tell your wife, "Hey, I've been hired to be a handyman." At Pamela Anderson's house. I can't think of any wife that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be a handyman at Pamela Anderson's house. I don't like how this is lining up. (laughs) Uh, Well, they're getting divorced. And and I'd be shocked if Pam didn't uh, legally protect herself from having to pay this guy out big time. At this point, a tradesman may have more money than Pam Anderson, though. If he was a handyman, like... She hasn't done anything in 20 years. Oh, man. She's got all that. Uh, the Baywatch syndication money. I guess so. Barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, VIP. Blu-ray sales still going VIP. strong. VIP. All four seasons. Yeah. Pam had a great run. Okay. It was in huh. slow motion, but it was a great run.
<laughs> just, just if 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 uh, if if a dude got divorced five times, I bet he'd be in the poorhouse right now. Tommy Lee was one of the exes. Kid Rock, remember she was married to Kid Rock yeah. for four months. Yeah. Rick Solomon, she married that guy twice, and then before the Dan Hayhurst handyman guy, there was <laughs> for like uh, a couple of. Days she was married to this old movie producer. The guy yeah. was like in his seventies. And they, John they had Peters. A, they had some connection from years ago, and they reconnected or something. Yeah, I remember yeah, us yeah. talking about this and finding it a little shady. So that one didn't work out either. So that's it. Uh, number five, Pamela Anderson getting divorced once again. She's single, fellas. <laughs> She's still and looking for a handyman. What's the record here. We go ten plus. <laughs> Where's my tool belt? I wanna see you peacock, your peacock. We're taking a look at sports with Devin Peacock, our sports guy, and it's NFL divisional round weekend playoffs, baby. Dev, we got to go through the games here. You tell us who you think's gonna win. Starting with the first game of the weekend, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, Bengals and Titans. I think we've got four really good games uh, this weekend. This is going to be a great weekend of uh, football. Going into this, the home team is favored in every single game. I don't think the home team is going to win every single game, but I do think the home team is going to win this game, and Tennessee beats Cincinnati. Okay, 49ers and the Packers. I really want to pick the 49ers over the Packers. One of the weird stats Do it of then. Aaron <laughs> you wimp. Well, well, one of the weird stats of Aaron Rodgers' career is he has never beaten his hometown team, the 49ers. I do think that uh, trend ends on Saturday. The Packers are just too good. And while the 49ers did upset the Cowboys uh, last week, they are a bit banged up. And I think uh, the Packers are really uh, primed to go. This might be, of all the games, the one that's the least close. But uh, I think the Packers win this one. I'm nervous to ask about this, Dev. Sunday at 3 p.m., you have the Buccaneers hosting the Rams. I'm nervous to tell this to you because uh, you're my buddy, but I think the Rams have this one. The Uh Rams have a really good pass rush. What has historically been a real issue for Tom Brady, it's the pass rush. You get in his face, you disrupt his ability to throw, and you win the game. So the Rams have been adding to their defense throughout the entire season. They added to their offensive well, but in particular their defense. I think the Rams pull this off. Is there a chance that because Matt Stafford was a Detroit Lion for so long and he probably never thought he'd be in the playoffs, uh, his inexperience could come into play? It does take a while to get that Detroit stink off of you, I will say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Matt Stafford, you know, of, of all the problems the Lions have had over the years, they were not Matt Stafford related. So I don't think that's going to be an issue on Sunday. Damn it. <laughs> Bills versus the Chiefs Sunday at 6.30 p.m. This is my my heart versus my head. Uh, I think whoever wins this game will ultimately go to the Super Bowl. And this is going to be like a slobber knocker. This is going to be like the over under is like 53 and a half. I would pick the over on this one. It's going to be a lot of offense. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Bills. I can't not pick the bills i'm picking the bills dev can i come over on sunday and we'll watch the game in the hot tub 
Absolutely. Like best, best Bills buddies? Yes. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Sounds like I'm not either, dude. Sounds like it. there might be another slobber knocker going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, enjoy the football this weekend. Uh, we'll post all Dev's picks on the uh, Taz and Jim Facebook page. Ka-ka! Jim, yesterday was National DJ Day. And we want to thank all the, the Taz and Jim listeners who sent us notes. Very, very kind words. Uh, we appreciate you responding because we were totally fishing for them <laughs> yesterday on the air. <laughs> the only reason we brought up that it's National DJ Day mm-hmm. was so you would send us nice messages. Thank you for that. <laughs> but after seeing this viral video uh, later on in the day, yesterday i i kind of thought maybe we don't deserve a day because i definitely would not have handled this situation as well as this woman did uh i i I think today should be national uh, field reporter day (laughs) (laughs) this is wild tell everyone the story this reporter took one for the team i would say she's 25 year old reporter from west virginia on live tv there was a water main that was hit by a car earlier that day so water was everywhere and it was also cold so i think the water had also frozen on the west virginia street so things were slippery so the host back at the news station goes to throw it to the reporter in the field before she's able to say even one single word an suv slowly comes into frame and actually hits the reporter live on television in freeze thaw we see this water main breaks Got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's first um, I'm okay. TV, Tori. Woo! We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know that's live TV for you. It's all good. <laughs> I actually got hit by a car in college too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad. This girl's a magnet. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay. We're all good. This is uh. She's pulling the camera you know back what? up. It fell it's, over. Uh, one you sure you're okay, Tori? We're good, Tim. Ma'am, you are so sweet, and you are okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the woman who was driving pulled over, checked on her. It was obviously an accident, but... uh and the good thing is she just got clipped. Like, she didn't get fully run, run over. Like, the front fender of the SUV yeah. hit her. She got clipped. She fell forward into the camera. But it could have been much worse. The car oh could have driven God. over her leg very easily. But um, she just got bumped. I, I, I'm a little disappointed with Tim back at the station. Did it not sound like Tim should have been a little more concerned? Oh, yeah. Yeah, his face doesn't change expressions. I don't know if it's Botox or just alcohol and he doesn't care anymore. He's like a <laughs> seasoned TV vet who's scotch, seen it all. Scotch, scotch, <laughs> I think he even goes on to, like, act pretty neutral here. It is all good. You know, I... <laughs> oh, Lord. So you... You know, it's my last week on the job and I think this would happen. So you were bumped in... To me, Tim. Were you bumped down low, Tori, or were you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from the look at oh. I, I I don't even still. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I just saw you disappear. I don't even know. I don't even see. <laughs> he still doesn't. Yeah. He's like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. Great, uh, great questions, Tim. Hey, yeah. Now get to the water main, would you? <laughs> hey, Tori. Enough about you. <laughs> Why are you trying to make this about you? I, I thought there was a water main breakdown <sighs> there. These these young reporters always so egotistical. It's always about them. <laughs> <laughs> 
got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm okay, Tim. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. This is insane. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a theme this morning on the show. It's technological advancements in our life lifetimes. Yeah, this is when you start feeling old, when stuff you used to see in science fiction movies becomes reality, right? Yeah. How about if they start shooting science fiction movies in outer space? There's a company called Space Entertainment Enterprise. They are launching a film and TV studio into orbit along with a sports arena. They want to have it up there by late 2024. The plan is for people to be able to produce, record, broadcast, and live stream content from this outer space facility. Are we going to have Space Olympics? Is this going to happen? This is so stupid. The javelin's still going. Listen, if if Hollywood is coming to Canada to save money to shoot, why would they go to space to shoot anything? Like, you know how expensive that would be? To capture what? You know, like you can just green screen everything. Mm -hmm. Well, if it was a space movie, like if you need people floating... In your movie, space is a good place to achieve that effect. <laughs> sure, sure. But they already shot Gravity, 2001 A Space Odyssey. But those uh, all look like they were... How much does that cost? That costs millions and millions of dollars, right? To all those special effects. If you could shoot a movie Dude, and not have to use CG. How, it, took, it, it takes a billionaire to go to space for five minutes, and that flight costs <laughs> over a billion dollars. I don't know. <laughs> The price may come down eventually, is what I'm saying. At some <laughs> point. Netflix just lost 20% of their stock price. Where is this money coming from? I uh, I would like to see some outer space basketball. A literal space jam that would, would be, be cool. pretty awesome. Zero yeah. gravity basketball players. It would be like slam ball. Remember when they had the trampolines in the court in yeah. the 90s? It'd be like that times a million. Yeah. And we'd be watching the zero gravity basketball with our grandchildren, telling them about slam ball. Back <laughs> in my day, they needed a trampoline to fly that high. Sure, Grandpa. I hate that I know this word now. What? Petfluencer. I've never heard that word, but I think I know what it means. Petfluencers are cloning their famous pets so they can keep making money when they die. Remember Grumpy Cat? <laughs> the, the internet sensation Grumpy Cat. Are they cloning Grumpy Cat? They should have. Grumpy Cat died in 2019. Hate to break it to you. Oh. It was sweet relief. The cat was never happy. <laughs> the meme lives on. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but people who have social media accounts focused on animals are now starting to clone their pets so they have a backup in case their animal dies. Petfluencers. Yeah, I don't know. I have a couple issues with this. Number one, I know you love your your, your pet so much. You know, that's great. But you never know if you're going to love another pet just as much, if not more, right? It's the same pet, though, essentially. Maybe a little dumber. Nature versus nurture, your pet. Every time you make a copy, it gets a little bit dumber. Isn't that (laughs) how it works? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, because it would obviously genetically be the same, but it's a personality I don't know. I don't know that much about cloning, but experiences also mean something, too. I don't think this has anything to do with how much they enjoy the company of the pet. It has everything to do with how much money they're making from all these followers that their pet's Instagram account has. And if the pet's dead, 
Then what are you going to post pictures of? I know. Dude, how long until I, I see? I, I don't know what the morals are on that. I'm not sure. But how long until they clone meatloaf? You know, not to be insensitive, but if the pets are making money and they clone them, like how long until celebs and humans, they want to keep that train rolling and we get cloned? Well, I don't know. It could happen in our lifetime. It will. Yeah, and then you send your clone to the island until you need a new kidney, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, ScarJo's <laughs> waiting there. Yeah. Huh. It's uh, yeah, science fiction-y. But I will say, if my dog Bruce died, he's getting older. He's five. And if a, and if a doctor, like a crazy doctor, it's almost like pet cemetery almost. You'd be a little nervous. But if a doctor told me <laughs> I could clone him and have another Bruce, boy, I'd be tempted. You would be a little nervous if you had just watched Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Give Bette Midler a call. She cloned one of her pets, too, famously. Did she? Yes. She, I think it was a dog as well. A little Wouldn't tiny you want to switch it up a, a little bit? I know you love Bruce, but you also got a, a, a red dog now, Murphy. I know. And you're having as much fun with the new dog as you do with Bruce, so why not go get like a golden something? I could have I could have Bruce too, and then another one too. I mean, keep keep the house growing. About fifty grand US is what it's currently costing to clone a pet. Okay. I guess it's worth the investment if your your entire income is is based on your pet's Instagram account. <laughs> Gonna have to start a TikTok account to pay for this, I guess. But I think fifty grand costs more than just a new dog, doesn't it? <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. I wanna see you peacock. Let's take a look at sports here with Taz and Jim, joined by Devin Peacock, our sports guy. Hey Dev. Hey guys. So this this is a rumor that has been swirling around for a while, but now you're saying it's officially dead. There is no Major League Baseball team that is going to split its time between the U.S. and Canada during the season. No. So the Tampa Bay Rays have been looking for a new home for a while. And at one point, they came up with this uh, plan to split their season between Tampa Bay and Montreal. And this was their way to try and leverage a new stadium in Florida. But they were serious about playing games in Montreal. Well, Major League Baseball has now officially said you cannot do this. The plan has been rejected by Major League Baseball, which is the right move. I'm surprised it took this long because it was an absolutely stupid idea to begin with. Like, who wants to cheer for a team half of the time? Like, it's, it's, well, it's it kind an of absolute insult with- to the uh, Tampa Bay baseball fans uh, down in Florida. And to Montreal, what are you doing? Like, you're just teasing them? It, it was a stupid idea. It's like a kid with two divorced parents being split between two homes and not finding love in either one. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because you have Montreal, who, you know, historically had a lot of trouble keeping their players. And you have Tampa Bay, who has a long history of having struggles with keeping their players. So you want to, like, take two different cities that can't keep their players and like taunt both fans, fan, uh, fan groups. It's stupid. Like it's, it was a terror. Like they shouldn't even be in Tampa Bay to begin <laughs> with. Like move the team out of Tampa Bay. Just get out of there. Go somewhere like go to Las Vegas, go anywhere. I don't care, but get out of Tampa Bay. The plan kind of makes sense though, because Tampa Bay and Montreal are geographically so close to each other. <laughs> like from a logistical standpoint, it's sure. a no brainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, but even imagine being the players in that sort of a situation. Who wants to play for that franchise? You've got to find two different homes. If you've got a family, you've got to move back and forth. Or no, you just- get two different families. Yeah, one French one and one English one. <laughs> or you, I mean, you got to like you, you're, you're you're away from your family for half the season. It just it make it made zero sense. Again, how did this take? This has been floating around for years. How did it take until now for Major League Baseball to say, okay, Tampa, I guess you're serious about doing this. Stop. This is insane. Uh, It seems to be a bit of a theme this morning on the show. It's technological advancements in our lifetimes. This is when you start feeling old, when stuff you used to see in science fiction movies becomes reality, right? How about if they start shooting science fiction movies in outer space? There's a company called Space Entertainment Enterprise. They are launching a film and TV studio into orbit along with a sports arena. They want to have it up there by late 2024. The plan is for people to be able to produce, record, broadcast, and live stream content from this outer space facility. Are we going to have Space Olympics? Is this going to happen? This is so stupid. The javelin's still going. Listen, if if Hollywood is coming to Canada to save money to shoot, why would they go to space to shoot anything? Like, you know how expensive that would be? To capture what? You know, like you can just green screen everything. Mm -hmm. Well, if it was a space movie, like if you need people floating... In your movie, space is a good place to achieve that effect. <laughs> sure, sure. But they already shot Gravity, 2001 A Space Odyssey. But Those uh, all look like they were... How much does that cost? That costs millions and millions of dollars, right? To all those special effects. If you could shoot a movie Dude. and not have to use... CG. How it took it, it takes a billionaire to go to space for five minutes, and that flight costs <laughs> over a billion dollars. I don't know. I, the, <laughs> the price may come down eventually, is what I'm saying. At some Netflix point, Netflix just lost 20% of their stock price. Where is this money coming from? I, uh, I would like to see some outer space basketball, a literal space jam. That would, would be, be cool. pretty awesome. Zero yeah. gravity basketball players. It would be like slam ball. Remember when they had the trampolines in the court in yeah. the 90s? It'd be like that times a million. Yeah. And we'd be watching the zero gravity basketball with our grandchildren, telling them about slam ball. Back <laughs> in my day, they needed a trampoline to fly that high. Sure, Grandpa. Legendary rock and roller Meatloaf has passed away. Seventy-four years old. Cause of death has not been released, but we do know his wife was at his side. Not just a great musician; he was in some fantastic movies, Fight Club, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Performed many times in the Taz and Jim listening area. Later in life, he. he uh, he seemed to have a little bit of trouble with mobility. I can remember there was uh, there were some people who brought their kids to see Meatloaf at Rock the Park in London, Ontario years ago. And the, the next day we were getting phone calls because Meatloaf's language was a little salty. Oh, really? The loaf. Too much salt in the loaf. 
<laughs> yeah, he was dropping some uh, some f bombs and s bombs, a couple really? b bombs, hmm. right? Um, uh, he uh, he was on Celebrity Apprentice with Gary Busey for a while, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, got intense. A little fight over the paints. Was that what it was? I can't remember, but I remember famously they uh, they <laughs> blew up at each other. They were buttonheads. Mm-hmm. But obviously you're going to remember uh, Meatloaf for the music. Bad Out of Hell, Bad Out of Hell 2. That was the that was one in the 90s with, I would do anything for love. Man, my sisters just loved that album and that song. That video, that, that music video was on yeah. VHS at our house. Kind of creepy. Creepy Beauty and the Beast style video. He's Meatloaf. like hanging in the bushes, right? Yeah, he's like the beast. And then that the, uh, the the woman in that video, I remember being a young teenage boy and she would come in and start singing and holy macaroni. <laughs> young, Talk about a beauty. Young Taz was, was in sensory overload when he <laughs> saw her. She wasn't the woman who sang the song with Meatloaf. That was just a model lip syncing. Hmm. She uh, she did not actually sing, which I was very disappointed to hear. <laughs> Taz never trusted a music video again. As, after a, that. as a 14-year-old boy, <laughs> that really shattered my perception of reality. I remember watching music videos and being shocked they were lip-syncing, which makes complete sense. We have this great story here of how Meatloaf got his nickname. It's always fun how people... Like, his real name was Marvin Lee Aday, okay? He was born Marvin Lee Aday. So how does that go to meatloaf? And it's just so random that you get called something once, and then that's your name for the rest of your life. <laughs> like Taz, right? <laughs> Next thing you know. Next thing you know. Uh, meatloaf, the story goes, he was a little, he was a red baby. Like he had, his skin had a bit of a red tinge to it. So uh, his dad said he looks like a, a pound of ground chuck when he was born. <laughs> so they started calling him meat. And then when he was playing high school football, he accidentally stepped on his coach's foot and his coach in pain yelled, get off of me, you big meatloaf. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> From then on, he was meatloaf. Rest in peace. 74 years old. We have lost a legend here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.